Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Luke, chapter 9. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. We've been going through the Gospel of Luke on Sunday mornings, completed chapter 8 last week. In chapter 9, we come to the last year and a half of the earthly ministry of Jesus here in chapter 9 in the Gospel of Luke. And for approximately two years, Jesus has been training his disciples. They walk with Jesus through rocky hills and fields and vineyards and towns and cities. They walked, they talked with him. They learned so many things. They've, they, the disciples, have seen so many things as they have seen the healing of the sick, the raising of the dead, Jesus casting out demons. They've seen Jesus calm a storm to sleep. They looked in the face of Jesus, they listened to his words, he taught in parables, they heard him teach the Sermon on the Mount. A lot has happened in these last two years. And so they watched and they listened to Jesus as Jesus tried to teach them what it is to walk by faith, what it is to have faith. So they've seen a lot, heard a lot, and Jesus is teaching them to walk by faith. Saints, walking by faith. Walking by faith, the Bible says it is impossible to please God if you don't have what? Faith. Jesus has been teaching them to trust him and to walk by faith. They've seen the deity of God, of Jesus, that he was God. And they've seen the humanity of Jesus. I love to read the Gospels. And, you know, the Gospels is a good place for you to read on a daily basis. Just to read through them. You don't, the Gospels, you don't really have to have a whole lot of theology under your belt to understand the Gospels. Now, if you want to start in the book of Revelation, that's a whole other deal. But the Gospels are a good place to read because you see the deity of Jesus and that he was God, but you also see the humanity of Jesus. And I love to see the humanity of Jesus. He was 100% man and 100% God. And I suppose if Jesus were in this room right now, you wouldn't be able to pick him out. You know, that's why it's just good to just be real. You know, Jesus wasn't one you'd be able to pick out. If he was sitting in this room right now, you wouldn't, there wouldn't be a light shining over him. You know, music in stereo behind him everywhere he went. He wouldn't walk and just float above the... You know, in the movies and Jesus and there's light on him all the time. There's light on his eyes everywhere he goes. He's blue eyes <laughs> everywhere. And you can pick him out in the movies, long flowing robes and all kinds of stuff. If he was in this room, I suspect Jesus would have on a T-shirt and jeans. Probably some Nikes. 
knockoff brand, because Jesus saves. That's it. Every service I did that, everybody's like, no, this is my one and only. So, but Jesus was real, and that's what I love about the Lord. He was real. He was a real guy, and the guys that he trained were real men. Today, we're going to talk about those disciples, those 10 that Jesus, or 12, pardon me, that Jesus sent out, and um, we'll talk about the sending out of uh, the 12. And today, if you're taking notes, I want you to write down a four-point outline I've kind of developed and we're going to talk about how they were sent out. In chapter 9, Jesus is sending out the disciples on their first solo mission after two years. And we'll talk about today how they were sent out. Number one, if you're taking notes, he called them. You'll see that in verses 1. He called them. And then secondly, he equipped them. First of all, he called them. Then he equipped them, again in verse 1. And then thirdly, we'll talk about he sent them with a message. So important, saints. He sent them with a message. And then finally, we'll talk about he sent them in faith. And we'll find that actually in verses 3 through 6. He called them. He equipped them in verse 1. He sent them with a message in verse 2. And then finally, he sent them in faith. Faith. That's what we'll talk about in verses 3 through 6. Luke chapter 9, beginning in verse 1, saints, if you're looking at it, say amen. amen. Then he called his, you see that? He called his 12 disciples together and he gave them power. And what else did he give them, saints? Authority over all demons, would you circle that word all, over all demons, and to cure diseases. And he sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. And he said to them in verse 3, take note, take nothing for the journey, neither staff nor bag, nor bread nor money, and do not have two tunics apiece. And whatever house you enter, stay there, and from there depart. And whoever will not receive you when you go out of that city, shake off the very dust from your feet as a testimony against them. And so they departed and they went through the towns, preaching the gospel and healing everywhere. Saints, stop right there. Give me your attention. So Jesus is sending the disciples out on their first solo mission and a part of their orders on this mission assignment is to go to preach the gospel. And Jesus gave them as they were going, he gave them power and authority over demons and disease. And he sent them to preach the gospel. The first thing I want you to notice is notice in verse, uh, verse one, chapter nine, that he called them three really important words. He called them. He called them. They did not call themselves. He called them. Don't you understand that whatever you do for the kingdom, it must be done out of a calling. And that's if you want to be blessed. 
fruitful, prosperous? You want to see fruit in your ministry? You want to see fruit with that calling? God's got to call you first. You can't call yourself. And I fear too often we see people calling themselves. Whatever you do for the kingdom, it has to come out of God calling you. All Christian service should begin with a call from God and not a calling of ourselves. Now, we all have what I like to term a general call, a general call. In other words, we are all generally called to preach the gospel. We're all generally called to be salt and light. We're all generally called to make disciples. We're all generally called to be a witness and to share the good news of the gospel. We are all called to share the love of God to a dying world. That's a general call. But then, according to the Bible, there are specific callings in the church. And this call has to do with the gifts that God has given us. Every single believer, listen, when you become a Christian, God gives every believer a gift from the Holy Spirit. You will find those gifts in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Romans chapter 12, and Ephesians chapter 4. Now, some people are gifted to work with administration. Some people are gifted to, uh, they have the gift of Mercy. Did you know there was a gift called mercy in the Bible? Some people are just merciful people. None of y'all, I know, but uh, <laughs> some people are just merciful. You ever meet somebody, they just always oh, is mercy. You know, we always we say, Lord, have mercy. We always say that, Lord, have mercy. Some people have mercy, and they are merciful, and that is a gift of the Spirit, according to the Scripture. Some people have a gift of helping. Some people love to help. And some people have a gift to lead men and women. Some people have a gift to teach and are gifted to pastor. But whatever you desire to do in the ministry, listen, it must begin with he called you. John chapter 20, verse 21, Jesus said, as the father has sent me, I also send you. So here Jesus sends out his disciples to do the same thing that he did to preach the kingdom of God. He called them point number one. Number two, he equipped them. Not only did he call them, but he gave them the equipment. He equipped them. Now, one of the reasons we know this, don't we, saints? One of the reasons that Jesus came into the world is that he might destroy the works of the devil. So Jesus, notice here, he is sending mere men, mere men, common guys, common folk to confront the works of the enemy. And at the same time, Jesus knows that human power is no match for the power of the enemy. So what does he do? Jesus gave them the necessary equipment. He equipped them. He gave them what is necessary to deal with the works of the devil. Do you understand? And perhaps you might want to write this down. God never tells us to do something without giving us the ability and the right to do it. God never calls us to do something without giving us the ability and the right to do it. So Jesus gave his disciples the power the ability, and the authority, the right to do it. Now, if you haven't been listening, please tune in. Very important. 
This word power in the Greek language is the word dunamis. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, it was Jesus who said, I'm going to give you power or give you dunamis. We have the word dynamite. I've been studying this for three days. Every time I say dynamite, I think of JJ and good times. I don't know what my deal is with JJ. I just, I'm I'm like, and Jesus and dynamite and JJ. I mean, Jesus, Jesus. I just love good times. I don't make shows like that anymore. JJ was cool. He's like, dynamite. I love JJ. JJ was cool. Dynamite. Dunamis in the Greek language. God has given us power. And this power is the anointing of the Spirit of God on your life to serve Jesus in the power of the Spirit and not in the energy of the flesh. God gives us that power that we might serve him in the power of the Spirit and not in in the energy of the flesh. And this is the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. It's the same power that will raise us from the dead. This is the same power that we move forth in our calling. This is dunamis. And Jesus gave them power to get the job done for the kingdom. But not only did he give them power, but he also gave them, write this down, exousia. Exousia. That is authority in the Greek language. If you're taking notes, it's E-X-O-U-S-I-A. He gave us exousia. Exousia comes with dunamis. Power and authority go together. Now listen close. Power and authority, the power that we have as believers and the authority that we have as believers, are you listening, is a power and authority that belongs to him and not to you. It is his power. It is his authority and not yours. It's like when a police officer, for example, is arresting you. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about, don't you? Y'all like, "Mm mm-mm, not me. Well, how about this? Does this look familiar? But when a police officer is arresting you, listen, he doesn't have any power in and of himself. He will arrest you in the power and the authority that is given to him by the city that he works for. Just like yesterday, I was at... uh, Fort Bragg, and we had a beautiful wedding, and came home last night working on my sermon, and so on and so forth, and reading this, and I thought, well, let's see, just a few hours ago, as a pastor, marrying a couple, if you've you've been married, you've heard these words, or you've been to a wedding, you've heard these words, as the preacher would say, by the power invested in me by the state of North Carolina and the church of Jesus Christ, I now pronounce you man and wife. And the husband's holding on the pins and needles because he's waiting for me to say, and you may kiss the bride. Well, I don't have any power. I don't marry, Pastor Whitey doesn't marry anyone. I officiate a ceremony, but I don't have any power. Any power that I do have is power that is given to me and recognized by the state of North Carolina and by the church of Jesus Christ. But me of myself, I don't have power. Are you getting me? I don't have any power of myself. And likewise for the believer, 
You have no power in and of yourself. That's why the Bible says, don't say I'll do this and I'll do that. Say if the Lord wills. Because you, you, you don't know what's going to happen to you today. You don't know what you're going to eat for lunch today. You don't know. We don't know. We don't have any power to do anything. The power that we have as believers is a power that comes from him. It's not our power. It's his power. It's not our might. It's his might. It's not our name. It's his name. His name, the name of Jesus. The Bible says every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. There's power in that name. Oh, you can say a better amen than that, can't you? Now, I'll wait while you clap your hands. That's okay. There's power in that name. So notice this dunamis and this exousia and this royal privilege is given to the disciples. Saints, listen, in a temporary ministry. Rodney, what do you mean by that? I'll explain more in just a second, but I just kind of want to plant that seed in your head right now. And I'll tell you more about that in just a minute, but you just hold on to that. But this power and this exousia, this power and authority is given to them in a temporary ministry. But the church, listen, the church from the book of Acts to today has not been given the power to exercise authority wherever and whenever we want. We have not. And the reason we have not is because when Jesus died on the cross and he ascended into heaven, he sent the Holy Spirit down. And now we believers are filled with the Holy Spirit. And now we move and we function and we are led and we are guided by the Holy Spirit. Otherwise, Go explain why if believers could exercise. Remember, Jesus gave them power. Please stay with me. Jesus gave them power and authority over all sickness, over all disease. In other words, they could be walking through a city, walking through a town, see somebody who was sick and say, you know what? Be healed in the name of Jesus. Be, be healed in the name of Jesus. Demons come out of that person in the name of Jesus. And they would over all, every time the disciples, that is amazing to me. Every time the disciples looked at someone and said, be healed or demons come out, they would. Because God said, every, all demons and all sickness, you now have power and authority over them. But you have to keep in mind that the disciples did not have the presence of the Holy Spirit living within them. Jesus was with them. And while Jesus was with them, the Holy Spirit was not in them. But when Jesus went to heaven, he sent the Holy Spirit down to live and dwell within them. So there are people who have asked, and probably perhaps somebody has asked you, why don't we see this kind of power? Anybody heard this question? Why don't we see this kind of power or authority in the world today? Why don't we see this kind of power and authority in the church today? Anybody ever heard a question like that? Many of us have. How come we don't see this kind of power of Christians walking around saying, be healed, and demons come out, and they do, and Christians walking into a hospital over at Western Wake, and go room to room, and say, be healed? And people get up and be healed. How come we don't see this kind of power today? Well, the reason we don't see this kind of power today is because the church, we are in a different dispensation. And now we are moving and we are being led and we are guided by the Holy Spirit. 
So when you're in the presence of someone who may be demon possessed, that's happened to me. Or you're in the presence of someone who is sick. Well, now we're praying, Lord, lead us, guide us, direct us. Lord, whatever your will is in their life, whatever your desire is in their life, whatever your plan is in your life, then do that work. Because we have the Holy Spirit living within us. And the authority that we have and the power that we have is a power and authority that is given to us by the Holy Spirit. And we're led by the Holy Spirit as we move in the ministry. The disciples quite different. Now, it's very interesting. Listen, this word authority, I find this fascinating. This word authority is only used of kings in an earthly sense in the book of Acts, but not in a spiritual sense. This word authority is only used of kings in an earthly sense in the book of Acts, but not in a spiritual sense. After Jesus gives this commission in the Gospels, the next time, very interesting, that this word is used in a spiritual sense, authority, exousia. The next time this word is used in a spiritual sense is in the book of Revelation. And it's used in connection with the Antichrist during the tribulation. The Bible says that the Antichrist is given exousia or given authority because people will not believe the truth and God will allow them to believe the lie. The Antichrist's power and authority comes with all lying signs and wonders. The Antichrist will have power to deceive people right before their eyes. The Antichrist will have exousia, power and authority unrestrained in his ability to do miracles, signs, and wonders. Very interesting. But you do not find this same word exousia used during the church age. Very, very interesting. But here in our context, the disciples are being called and sent out and they are given power and exousia authority. Now, saints, listen, don't get me wrong. Do I believe in supernatural healing? Answer is yes. Why do I believe that? Two reasons. Number one, the Bible teaches it. Number two, I've seen it. I believe that God can supernaturally heal. What I don't believe is that God heals everyone every time the same way. I believe that God heals people according to his good plan and purpose. And please don't misunderstand me. You have to understand that death is healing. I've told you that before. You know, we're praying for healing, but what we're praying for, and you know, we psych ourselves out to bleed something different. But what we're actually praying for, when we're praying for healing, God healed them here. Heal them on this earth. Lord, give them more time with me. Give them more time on the earth. Well, I understand that. And that's a natural human emotion. But we also have to understand that, number one, God is God. Somebody say amen. And God does what God does, independent of you. You don't know. God knows. And God may say, you know what? I will heal them. I will take them from this earth into the presence of Jesus. And don't you know the Bible says in heaven, there's no more sickness, no more sorrow, no more sickness, no more sorrow, no more sickness. That's healing. No more sorrow, no more pain, no tears. Nobody's crying in heaven. Nobody's sad to be there. Let the church say amen. Can you imagine that? 
You're unhappy to be in heaven. I can't even imagine that. There's no sadness in heaven whatsoever. So healing comes in many forms, comes in many ways. Oftentimes we think it comes in a certain way. I believe that God supernaturally heals people. However, which way he chooses to do that, whether it's on this earth or in his presence, God heals people. I believe in supernatural healing and I will continue to pray for supernatural healing for whatever God's will and whatever he wants to be done. Now, there are several camps. Listen, when it comes to healing and comes to the gifts of the spirit, there are several camps or several positions that people hold. And, you know, we have a teaching in the bookstore on keeping the balance. I'm not going to go into uh, too much, but I do want to tell you that there's just a few positions. And one is called the sensationist position or view. Sensationists believe that all gifts and everything miraculous has ceased with the apostolic era. In other words, the gifts are no longer in use today. No more miracles, no tongues, no, no, no gifts of healing, no interpretation, no gifts. And still others say that some of the gifts are for today and some are not. And then some say all the gifts are for today and all the gifts should operate in an uncontrolled and unhindered manner. In other words, they come to church and let the fun begin. <laughs> uh, I've been to churches like that. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Any, any one person. Amen. Let the fun begin and everything just, woo, you know. And, and, and I, don't misunderstand me. You're going to church like that, that's fun. I don't know if you've ever been to one, but if you haven't, I'll, I'll take you. And, uh, but they let the gifts go forward in an uncontrolled and unhindered manner. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light. Let me be a salt.